Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back to the Heritage Radio Network Week in Review. My name is Jack Inslee, and I'm joined by the wonderful, the talented Miss Erin Fairbanks, the Executive Director of Heritage Radio Network, who is quite raspy today, but you know what? I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling it. <laughs> oh, man. Hello. <laughs> yeah, whoa, look at that. <laughs> hey, guys. I hope you're ready for a week in review. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my dream was always to have the voice of Linda Ronstadt, so I can just kind of... Or, you know, any sorority girl uh, that was a tri-delt at University of Michigan and wanted that raspy smoker voice. Well, you have it now, and you didn't even have to smoke to get there. <laughs> How you doing, Aaron? Uh, not bad, not bad. It's been a pretty solid week. It's been uh, it's been quite a week. We we've <laughs> been we've been everywhere, as you know. If you listened uh, the past few weeks, we were in Charleston Wine and Food. We had panels at South by this week. And if this is your first time listening, I don't mean to confuse you. This is where we distill our uh, thirty-five plus weekly shows and all the content, great content that happens here at Heritage Radio Network, into a digestible twenty-five or thirty-minute bite for you. Um, so there's lots and lots to get to this week. I want to kick it off with a last great bite. And um, as as you may or may not know, Aaron, I'm a ramen junkie. I know, I know. Yes. And I had a bowl that rivaled the best bowls I've had in New York, and it was at Ramen Tatsuya in Austin, Texas. Um, <laughs> I feel like, that. you know, there's that salsa commercial that's like, what do they know about salsa in New York City? It's kind of like, what do they know about ramen in Texas? Right? <laughs> I know. I re- and, and oftentimes when I have ramen in other cities, not to disparage any ramen in other cities, it doesn't always hold up. I will say red light ramen in Milwaukee was unbelievable. And uh, so was this stuff. And uh, we, we actually had Chef on one of our panels at South By. And, uh, yeah, I went over there. I had the tokotsu. Uh, it was, like I think, a 60-hour broth he does or something crazy like Whoa. that. Yeah, it's real silky, real good. Um, if you happen to be in Austin, it's definitely a stop you should make. Also, I, I, I hear that we might be getting to follow your journey as a ramen maker soon. Ooh, you're putting the pressure on me. <laughs> Guys, stay tuned. Um, yeah. Stay tuned for updates on that. Um, well... My last great bite, also keeping it in trending foods of 2016, was pizza. Um, finally, um, I much belatedly, I feel like, got over to Pizza Loves Emily, a great little pizza joint at 919 Fulton here in Brooklyn over in Fort Greene. And delightful uh, little cozy chef's table in the back of the pizza restaurant. And they have their menu, their pizza menu is broken into four sections. Red, I think we all know what that is. White, sure. Pink, I'm like, oh, all right, some vodka sauce, and green. Um, Veggies? No, it's a tomatillo-based pizza sauce, and it was so delicious. Um, it was like one of those magical moments in a kitchen where family meal makes it onto the menu. Um, one, of their, one of their prep cooks is from Puebla, like most of the amazing cooks in New York City, and um, made a special sauce for Family Meal one day, and it was so tasty that everyone um, said, like, yeah, we got to put this on the menu. The pie uh, was called Emmy's. It had green peppers. It had olives. It was spicy. It was delicious. But, you know, I think it was, like, the perfect second pizza. You know when you're in a crew <laughs> and, like, you, you got to get, yeah, like, yeah. the red sauce pizza, but you also kind of want something else. But white, anyway, Sometimes white for me, it, yeah. it just doesn't really work. The green, man, it is, green pizza, man, it is the pizza of the future guys it is a great second pizza i love the i love the staff meal 
like turned hit menu item, like a la um, Christine Christina Tosi's crack pie. Yes, and there's so many great stories about staff meals. Yeah, that, well, I mean, I think those things they just come from like such an authentic place, and yeah. in our heart of hearts, we all just want to like eat food we ate as a kid. I mean, yep. come on. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Um, wow. Well, that, if that hasn't left you hungry, I don't know what will. Ramen and green pizza. That's basically like as good as it gets, in my opinion. But with that, we are going to move to the studio for some clips from this week. Okay. So we had a really, really interesting week. As I mentioned, we were at South by Southwest. That is myself and Darren Bresnitz, the co-host of Snacky Tunes, our uh, food and music show. Darren is very much a man about town in the food industry. Uh, He and his twin brother, Greg, had started and um, conceived and directed Dinner with the Band, which was a really great show on IFC. So the man very much knows his way around food and music. So what I want to play here is a little clip from our last panel of the day, which was called The Real Cost of Food. We were lucky enough to be joined by Alex Stupak of Empeon, of course, here in New York, and Eric Bruner-Yang, friend of ours uh, from Maketo, a great restaurant out in Washington, D.C., where we actually hosted a podcast panel. And uh, we, we talked to them about the rising cost of food, the cost of wages, all that entails and what it means for you as a diner. So let's listen. For me to handle the um, the minimum wage hike this year, I had to make margaritas fourteen dollars instead of twelve dollars. And if that um, cited a revolt, well, that was a risk I decided I had to take. I just couldn't take that extra like revenue loss on the chin. And that that was to net out the same, still be profitable, but not not profit more. That was to net out the same. That's just so you can cover your costs or the yeah. thing. I mean, what I mean, what about? Yeah. I mean, if you don't show a profit, you won't get an investor. If you can't get an investor. You can't get another restaurant, or you can't move forward at all. You can't get a mo- you can't get money from the bank. You can't sell your business, um, you know. And so, ultimately, you do these things because you have a passion for it. And then, in the end, you're responsible for all the people that work for you and their livelihood, and not just your livelihood, but also the investors that gave you their money. And um, you want to do it with some sense of integrity, because if it does close, you know, say it closes, that you can you'll be able to to figure out what your next step is. Oh, man. I don't know. If, Jack, I don't know if this is the same for you, but there's something so hard about hearing chefs complain about almost anything. Um, I feel like we want our chefs to be superheroes. You know, we were like, just make it all nice. Fix all the problems. Yeah, and make it cheap. Yeah, and like like tacos, they should be two fifty, man. And while you're at it, man, also let's you know fix the labor issues in this country, and let's maybe rethink about like the way our agriculture infrastructure is like set up. And could you guys just get on that? And also, I'm hungry, and also I don't want to wait. And hurry up with my damn croissant, <laughs> man. It's tough. It's tough. And I think um, what we are seeing is more and more of the kind of realities of a restaurant kind of coming to the fore in some of these conversations um, as they should, because ultimately it is uh, an industry under a microscope right now. And I do not think that is a bad thing, but my heart does go out to chefs um, who must just at the end of the day be 
kind of tired. Oh, my goodness. And Erin, there were so many, so many good uh, points brought up in this panel. Um, I have to say, I really think it's worth a full listen. So um, it's actually up right now on our website. So if you want to check out the South by Southwest content all under the Snacky Tunes program, this was the real cost of food and uh, a really, really great conversation. So on on a little bit of a lighter note, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. I did not puke in the street in Midtown like (laughs) some did, Um, nor, nor did I wear green. Oh, but brother. I mean, the green pizza would have been nice for St. Patty's hey. Day, huh? Yes. Yeah, yes. seriously. So uh, we had Cloda McKenna in the studio. Oh, who I love is, Isn't she great? It's just like kind of the sweet, like big Irish sister that you want. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who wanted that, but. You know, I'll take an Irish older sister. Sure. Why not? Why not? She, uh, so she's the author of five best-selling cookbooks and um, really just like, uh I hope she wouldn't get mad at this. Maybe the Rachel Ray of Ireland. I don't. I don't know if that's fair or not. I'll, I'll let her decide. But I feel needless like I've to that say, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, she's she's a big deal in Ireland, and she's always lovely when she comes to the studio. So we had her on Sharp and Hot this week, and um, really, really fun clip here where she discusses her approach to tablescaping and uh, emphasis on scenery in her cookbook. Cloda's Irish Kitchen. Somebody said to me last week, I was having dinner with friends over and there were two of them are writers and one is a really fat, a really old friend of mine. She's a scriptwriter, Karen McLaughlin in Scotland. And she was um, and she was saying, God, yo, last week, she was going, it's so good to have this gorgeous big dinner because I cooked a big dinner for them. And she was going, last week, you know, I actually ate beans from a tin. And she goes, and I was like, well, you did not. <laughs> and she was like, I did. And she goes, you know, sometimes you just have to do them. Sure, Claudia, you've done it yourself. And I was like, actually, you know what? No, I wouldn't. I, I like to create a moment for myself at least once a day. Um, I think it's important and that always for me revolves around food and why I reference the baked beans is that I think that you could have taken those baked beans and said okay I'm busy but I can take 10 minutes I'm going to heat up those baked beans I'm going to get some nice hard cheese that's in there and I'm going to make some lovely soft scrambled eggs with some melting cheese in it and those lovely baked beans can twinkle over I'm going to sit down Maybe there might be a little flower I can put in front of me or whatever, and I'm going to enjoy it. It's about creating a moment. The tablescaping is taking it to another little level, that you're creating a very memorable moment for a lot of people that you're sharing around the table. So I feel like when you say the word tablescaping, I get like a little intimidated. And then when she's like, put a flower on the table and it's okay if your bean bot spills, I'm like, I can do that. Thank you, Cloda. <laughs> yes, nothing wrong with some beauty on the table. I, I love it. I love um, any kind of like dinner, dinner time advice is nice. But I think ultimately it's like take five deep breaths and like just have a moment because um, life is too short, man. Enjoy your bean pot. Enjoy your soft scramble. And, you know, one flower. That's it. I feel like that's actually one of my life, one of my like personal life goals is to have fresh flowers in my home and workplace. Shout out to Deborah Prinzing from uh, Slow Flowers. Oh, man. She's the best. Go check her out. I'm going to get a potted flower. Potted flower so I'm not, you know, wasting, but then occasionally fresh cut flowers. Um, One more clip here before we round out the studio uh, segment here. This was a major, 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 major milestone for our very own Shari Bayer. She had her 100th episode of All in the Industry, the show about the uh, the behind-the-scenes hospitality industry. And this guy is not so much behind the scenes. He's very much out there and about. He is, uh, some people call him Mr. Hospitality, an absolute titan and legend in the field. Danny Meyer, the one and only, the CEO of Union Square Hospitality Group, the founder of Shake Shack. Of course, if you don't know 
what Union Square Hospitality Group is, the restaurant group, which includes Union Square Cafe, Gramercy Tavern, the Modern Mayolino, Untitled, so many more. Um, and she was lucky enough to have him as a guest on All in the Industry. And the conversation, of course, did turn towards tipping. He is uh, very much in the news lately for starting the all-inclusive charge revolution. And uh, he explained a little bit about why he has eliminated tipping from some of his restaurants and, and what it means for the company moving forward. So let's check it out. The tipping system itself, uh, we came to the conclusion, was the major culprit uh, that would would potentially end the fine dining restaurant industry as we know it. And I know that sounds like a big, big thing to say, but you cannot uh, have a city like New York where the cost of living is as high as it is. And when I talk about New York, I'm talking about all boroughs, but let's talk about Manhattan for a minute. What if I were to tell you that 30 years ago, a cook was making about... 10 to 15 percent less than they're making today 30 years later and the cost of living had meanwhile gone up well over 200 percent since that time you would say well why in the world would any good cook want to work in manhattan i just think um you know danny is a man who has consistently been ahead of the curve and this is just like another one of those examples also hats off to sherry man because it's tough going into an interview with someone like this who has been interviewed publicly um, in print and video and radio so many times and to walk away with something that felt really warm and really fresh and um, just a nice journey with him. Um, you're getting the kind of finer points of the stuff that's top of his mind and also the stuff that makes us kind of like love the Danny Meyer legacy. What was it like, you know, growing up in Missouri, being a kid? I mean, guys, you just got to check this one out. Danny is like worth Worth the full listen. Yeah. Everything we did this week was worth the full listen. Damn it. <laughs> listen to it all. Listen. It's a full listen week. It's a full listen week. <laughs> and HRN, that, coming at you. <laughs> shall we move into the breakdown? Welcome to The Breakdown. I am very excited to introduce today's guest, the one and only Carrie Diamond. Carrie is the co-host of Radio Cherry Bomb. You can hear more from her every Thursday at one o'clock. And of course, she is co-founder of Cherry Bomb, the magazine. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Erin. How are you this morning? I am great. I am great. Well, we asked you to jump on the line today because the third annual Jubilee is coming up Sunday, April 10th. And we wanted to get a little bit of a preview. Um, so, but maybe we should start for folks who are like are not familiar with uh, Jubilee. Um, maybe you can give us a little bit of an overview. Yeah, Jubilee is a day-long conference that basically brings Cherry Bomb Magazine to life. We have speakers and panels all day, lots of great food, and tons of networking opportunities for everybody who comes. That's awesome. Um, you know, why, why, what prompted, like, the live events? I mean, I'm sure that the magazine is, like, enough of a project. Why bring it into, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aside from, like, being a little bit maybe of a glutton for punishment, why, you know, why the live event and why call it Jubilee? 
That's a great question. So we decided to do, we always knew we wanted to do an event. I don't know why, maybe just from past lives, I've worked on a lot of events and always, you know, nothing, nothing beats bringing people together in a room. Uh, although, I don't know, maybe I, I just flashed to uh, the current political situation. <laughs> maybe it's not always great to bring a lot of people into one room, but, but <laughs> Cherry Bomb, the Cherry Bomb audience is a great audience to bring into one place. Um, okay, so when we launched the magazine, we knew one day we would do an event, but then all this stuff just started happening, and there was all this conversation about, you know, the guys versus the girls, which has kind of become conversation at this point, but there was a lot of conversation about how women weren't being included in these amazing food conferences that were taking place around the world, and I read a piece with Gabrielle Hamilton, you know, the great chef at Prune, and she said, I'm not even invited to these conferences, and my assumption at the time was that women just, they were being invited, they just couldn't go, you know, because of they had families and children or it was too much running, you know, their their business to, to to hop on a plane and go to Mexico City or to go to, you know, somewhere in Scandinavia. But when I read that from Gabrielle, Claudia Wu, uh, the Cherry Bomb co-founder, and I were like, wow, you know, if they're not inviting Gabrielle Hamilton, who are they inviting? So that kind of spurred the whole thing. We decided to do a conference. We put the first one together in a few months, pretty much killed ourselves. <laughs> I don't know that we've recovered, but it just wound up being a really powerful, amazing day. And it was clear that it was a tradition we needed to continue. Wow. In terms of the name, yeah. how Jubilee came about, yeah. um, I was trying to come up with names and I kept coming up with the worst names in the world. They all sounded like you know, what happens when you pick a new pope in Rome. I think I was like, what about convocation or something like that? And Claudia just kept saying, these are the worst names ever. <laughs> and then she just said, well, what about Jubilee? And I was like, oh, my God, that's the best name ever. So, you know, it makes all the sense in the world. Jubilee is a celebration. It's a coming together. It's a dessert that has something to do with cherries, you know, cherries jubilee. So the cherry bomb jubilee became a thing. Um, so I know it is the third year and, uh, the magazine is heading into its seventh issue. And, you know, unfortunately we have not solved all of the kind of issues or covered all the stories that you, you set ah. out to cover when you sit down and you have kind of the blank slate of a conference and uh, the programming for the Jubilee, where do you begin? I mean, do you have a, a list of items that you're like, man, these are issues that are we're getting asked about or how does it start? And maybe you can give us um, a little bit of a sense of who we should be excited to hear from. Oh, it's a nightmare putting the whole thing together. I have to be honest. You know, there's so many amazing women in the food world. That's why I, I, I sort of think that conversation is over about, you know, where are all the women or women in food, you know, they're everywhere. Just open your eyes. You know, it's not, it's not that hard to find them. Um, but it really is a challenge. It's the same challenge we have when we put each issue of the magazine together. There are just so many amazing people out there doing so many amazing things. Where do you even begin? So, uh, you know, I would never even pretend that that the conference is representative of uh, the world at large um, and all the issues that we're dealing with. So, yeah, I, you know, it, it just comes together organically. It's not like we sit down and we say, okay, this is the theme or these are the issues we want to tackle. Things come up very organically. 
at the Jubilee Conference. You know, even things you don't expect to come up. You sure. know, the first year, I think one of the most amazing moments was when uh, Bon Appetit editor Christine Mulkey came on stage to moderate a panel on motherhood, you know, how to have a family and, and a career in food. And she brought her young son up on stage in, in a baby born, you know, in one of those like baby carriers. And that really brought the issue home. Yeah. And she and I were actually emailing the other day, you know, how can we provide uh, daycare for people coming to Jubilee? And I wish I could say we came up with a solution. We haven't. Um, you know, the, the we can't do on-site daycare at the hotel, but what do we do? You know, do we provide a stipend to a certain number of moms who are coming to pay their babysitters? You know, we finally just decided, okay, maybe we're not going to come up with a solution for 2016, but we, we damn straight are going to come up with a solution for 2017 and figure out a way to do this. Because if we don't, do this who who will you right. know i said that christine somebody must have somebody must have tackled this issue before and come up with a solution like we've all been to a million conferences who's done it well no one well yeah i feel like that is like such a funny thing it's also one of those weird uh disconnects that comes with um producing uh you know a real life uh in you know in time event like this where i feel like oftentimes you'll go to food events um that are you know conferences conversations all day long and the food is crap or it's not reflective (laughs) of all of the conversations you're having and i think that's something that the jubilee has really gotten right from the beginning um so what can we look forward to eating and drinking this year? Oh, gosh. We, we're still kind of sorting that out. Um, I can announce a few things. We Dig In is doing the lunch. Dig In's a really fantastic um, uh, organization, and they are really trying to do right by their guests in terms of where they source their food, the food that they serve. Um, super mindful organization, and it's going to, the lunch is always really beautiful, and it's going to be a beautiful lunch. Snack break is always one of those highly anticipated um, moments, and uh, we're mixing up snack break a little bit this year. So instead of just, you know, one company or person like, you know, 4 and 20 Blackbirds has been there every year and Ovenly, we're going to mix it up and have teams. So the teams will be collaborating on an item. So it's it's an item that you just will never be able to get anywhere else Ooh. except that. At, at Jubilee, uh, we'll be announcing the rest of the food and beverage lineup soon. But I will say one thing we are going to do this year is put more of an emphasis on networking. Um, I, you know, when you have a group of women coming to a conference like Jubilee, you know, and you're you kind of you spend a lot of time seated listening to people talk at you. You know that that's you know we're not solving things. By having that happen, I mean, I think it's still educational, enlightening, exciting to hear from some of these people. So, you know, all those things take place. But we also have lots of opportunity for all the attendees to speak with each other. And we really, really want to facilitate more networking this year because we've just come to the conclusion that in the food world, like every other world, you succeed based on your network. And if you don't have a strong, robust network, life's going to be really hard for you. And 
you just you can't do any of this alone. You know, when Hillary Clinton said years ago, it takes a village, she wasn't kidding. I mean, it takes a village. It takes a village to do Cherry Bomb Magazine. It takes a village to pull off the conference. It takes a village to do Heritage Radio, as you and I both know. Um, so we really, really want people to come to Jubilee ready to talk to each other. Nice, nice. Um, well, I feel like... Um we are a little bit meanies because uh, I, this is probably the the right time to let folks know that unfortunately this uh, jubilee coming up in April is sold out. But the radio Heritage Radio will be on site recording a lot of these conversations for future broadcasts, so people can take part in them remotely. You can also visit um, the Cherry Bomb Radio page uh, via Heritage and listen to conversations from last year's Jubilee. And are there still plans in the works for maybe a West Coast event this year? Yes. We're going to do a um, San Francisco Jubilee at some point. Uh, I could see us doing a mini Jubilee maybe in Los Angeles this year since the next issue of the magazine is all about California. But we we really do want to find ways to to make it easier for as many people to attend as possible. It just, you know, it's hard. The hardest part is the food. It's mm-hmm. not so much finding a space where lots of people can come and listen to the speakers. Um, venues in New York City are so restrictive when it comes to food. A lot of them don't want you to bring in outside vendors. Um, they don't have the capacity to serve, or they're kind of those big old places that really only can serve like a rubber chicken dinner <laughs> or no, lunch. No, thank you. No, thank you. You. you, know those, you know those places. Yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's, that's been a challenge, to be honest. We, you know, we would love to accommodate as many people as we could, but um, we're not there yet. Well, get with it, New York. Throw down. Let's look for something new in uh, 2017. Carrie, thanks so much. I know if folks want to um, see kind of all the stuff that Cherry Bomb has going on, I love your Instagram feed, Cherry Bomb Meg, um, but also can visit your website, cherrybomb.com, where they can get um, signed up for the next issue. Issue number seven should be out soonish. Can we be Great. looking to our mailboxes? Um, Dude. <laughs> soonish, soonish. Um, yeah. And then also, of course, um, you can peruse back copies of the magazine and, of course, tons of great episodes of Radio Cherry Bomb. So definitely lots of ways to get your fix. Um, Absolutely. You. And you can follow along socially on uh, Sunday, April 10th. There are always a lot of good tweets and Instagrams Ooh, yeah. and Snapchats. So that's kind of a way to take part. Get there. Get Get there on your phone. Carrie, thanks so much. It's been great to get a little bit of a download and definitely looking forward to April 10th. Thank you for all the support, Aaron. All right. Jubilee, Cherry Bomb, all love here. That was a really, really great segment. Thank you for that, Carrie and Aaron. And with that, we're going to close the show with some big ups. Oh, this one. See, this one's really funny for me this week. Um... Because I'll I'll be sleeping on the floor of the Big Ups band <laughs> tonight in Austin, Texas. Um, how that's going to happen is is studio magic. But I will be in Austin, Texas tonight, sleeping on their floor. So so pretty fitting that we use Big Ups the band for Big Ups the segment here. And I guess with that segue, I'll kind of kick this off. I'm going to be completely selfish and selfish and uh, shameless here and. 
Give a big ups to my wonderful, wonderful girlfriend, Odetta Hartman, who I will be Aww, performing with tonight. Odetta. Yes. Um, we, are, we are performing together at the Townsend, a wonderful cocktail bar in Austin, Texas, of course, for South by Southwest, a label showcase, Northern Spy Records, which is the our proud record label that has uh, really picked up this record we made and, and supported the hell out of it. And uh, we're really thrilled to play this gig tonight in Austin. Um, so that's that's my big ups. Yeah, and you guys aren't here right now, but I can tell you every time Jack says Odetta's name, his eyes do this kind of like little baby deer thing. Um, so just picture that and a Nick's cap. Not, not lying. <laughs> baby deer eyes and a Nick's cap. And a Nick's hat, always. <laughs> um, well, I'm also kind of keeping it in the HRN family. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jacqueline Raposa. She's the host of Love Bites, one of my favorite shows on the network. Uh, all about kind of love, sex, and dating. She had a great episode this past week. Um, you know, she brought on Daniel Holzman, the chef of the Meatball Shop, to talk about why we're still single. Um, and I just love Jacqueline's energy. I love the vibe she brings to the show, into the studio. And then the way she brings uh, different conversations out of food people. It's like super inspiring. And um, so shout out to you, Jacqueline. Thanks for making this single girls kind of week filled with a little bit more laughter and always a little bit of inspiration. Oh, love, 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 love wah, everywhere. Wah, All wah. kinds of love. Well, I got a flight <laughs> to catch, Aaron. I got to get down to Texas. So we oh, got to get out of here. Um, thank you all for listening to this, though. This is, as I said, the week in review. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe in iTunes, rate us in iTunes, leave a comment or in Stitcher if you prefer Stitcher or if you don't like apps. Of course, we're on HeritageRadioNetwork.org as all of our programming is. Uh, the theme song is by Vessa, a good friend of ours. And uh, that's about all we have this week. So we will see you next week for more. Later. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.